What did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, nothing. Coffee. Coffee and nothing else. Coffee with cream. Hazelnut cream. <laughs> you, you quickly added on there. It was nothing, then coffee, then coffee with cream. <laughs> well, I don't know if I <clears throat> you consider coffee a meal, but yeah, I did have coffee. Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast celebrating the resiliency of the human spirit through conversations with extraordinary people. We talk about all aspects of life here, imposter syndrome, breaking free from the script, living with intention, boundaries with family, what it means to be vulnerable, and the fact that we're all really just making this up as we go along. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by David Armano. He's a son, father, brother, a longtime marketing strategist and former global strategy director at Edelman, a world-renowned agency of all sorts. And as, as I was mentioning to you, David, before we started recording, you had written these blog posts. Well, you've written a lot of blog posts. You've been a prolific blogger for years. But I stumbled upon a post you wrote um, I think it was at the end of 2020. It was a letter, or maybe it was beginning of 2021, but you sort of were writing a blog post back to yourself and in your mm-hmm. younger years, yes, kind of explaining what you would come upon in life and, you know, giving advice and letting, just kind of reminiscing. Um, and it was beautiful, but there were pieces of your story that like sort of reflected mine. And I'll be honest, I was very surprised and not in a bad way, but just in a like, oh, I didn't know he had pieces of his story like mine. That's amazing. Like, I just never knew. And I guess I never, I just never knew. And so you were writing about how you fell in love. You told yourself you're going to fall in love young, too young. You won't know any better because you'll think this is as good as it gets. You're too young to understand how life truly works. And again, I'm reading that. I'm like, oh my God, like I have a very, that's what happened to me. I'm first, first thing I'm curious about, why did you feel the need to write this letter back to yourself? Well, I think it was part of a process and a decision that I made. Um, So that goes back to getting letting go from Edelman because of COVID. So we had that round of, I think, 300 plus people. Um, and I got caught up in that. And so um, the the thing that was somewhat unique for me, maybe not all that unique, but somewhat was that I'd never be, I've never experienced it. <clears throat> and so um, in the early stages, as I, as I was sort of going through it and thinking about, well, now what am I going to do? I realized that um, people don't talk about that much. People don't don't talk much about like, yeah. When they are let go and that transition that they're going through, like they oftentimes don't even update their LinkedIn. Like, I'll, you know, I may have known that someone went through that and then they'll just keep their position on LinkedIn the same until it changes. And so early on, I made this decision, like like one of the first things I did was I updated my LinkedIn to say chief pause officer. And um, as my as my sort of, you know, job, which I had for basically about five months, five solid months. And, um, you know, I knew it was going to take a little while. I had the, the luxury of actually pumping the brakes a little bit. Um, and and because I had worked straight through my career, I never took that moment. So I think 
sharing things like the letter to myself was part of a a bigger process where I was essentially um, when you're in career transition, especially like at the point of career that I'm at, you know, I'm not in like my early days of a career where you can like, you can go through that and then a month or so later you're working again because it's just, that that's just how things tend to work. It's easier to sort of move jobs um, the earlier on in your career that you are. So um, going, but I was talking to someone and they actually compared a career transition at this stage in life um, to actually like the loss of a loved one. Um, I can so see it's that. Like a morning, it's like a morning process and you reflect yeah. a lot during the morning process. Um, and so I think I just decided to basically, you know, I'm not going to keep this totally quiet. I'm going to share it as I go through it. It's, it's helpful for me. Like what a lot of times when I blog for better or for worse, I'm almost ignorant to who reads it. Like I, I kind of, for the most part, write it for myself. Like the fact that you're like, I read this and this resonated with me. I don't even approach writing that way. I'm like, I'm writing this for myself. And if others find it, you know, helpful, valuable, whatever the case, like, that's a plus. So I know that was very lengthy, what I just went through. That was pretty much why I wrote um, a series of posts like that. Yeah, and you talked about, like I said, the part that really stuck out to me was like, you know, I got married very young and then had a long marriage, then had kids and then got divorced. And then I'm reading, you had a little paragraph in there, not little, I mean, you had a good paragraph in there kind of um, talking about that period of your life. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, again, didn't know that he had this piece of his story. What, and now knowing that you kind of write to sort of write for yourself and probably help process. Yes, what, totally. What, why did you include that part? Like, what were you processing with yourself in writing that? So <clears throat> I, I think it was a bigger, when you reflect, you tend to reflect on your big moments in life and what you view as I mean when you reflect you naturally I think you go to a natural place of like if I knew now what I knew then because that's part of reflection yeah like and you can certainly think about the things you've done right and you can think about the things that you know in retrospect you would have done differently and I would have absolutely done that differently I when I think about my my 24 year old self which is when I got married I was a completely different person with different needs and I saw the world a different way. I like oversimplified and, um, you know, I just didn't know much. Right. So that was sort of me, um, reflecting because I would, because I think again, like to go back to this moment, this, this period of transition, um, you know, some people, some people don't reflect for me. It comes pretty natural. Like I, like I, I think I kind of skew on the side of, um, actually make it a conscious effort not to reflect too much or, you know, to really think about, think forward and, and be in the moment versus being in reflection. So I think um, having a big a life event happen, like a career transition, I gave myself permission. I'm like, well, this is one of the few times in life where you actually can and should reflect. And it comes naturally <laughs> to me anyway. So, you know, I'm going to lean into it for now. How did that feel to lean into it? To Like you said, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people going through the specific life event of losing a job and not having maybe something lined up, they 
don't really show that like they hide it they they project this other version yeah. of what they're going through until they've resolved it you yes. intentionally said no i'm going to lean into this i'm going to be honest yes. how did that feel to to lean into that definitely uncomfortable because um i have several reasons for this like many people especially when you're operating at a certain pay grade and just like level in your career and just like position in life you you develop armor and you develop um, coping mechanisms and way to protect yourself from being vulnerable. Um, uh, Is it, I think, Brene Brown, the author, talks a lot about that. Um, I I hope I'm catching her name right. I know if, uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's Brene Brown. She talks a lot about, about, about how we are sort of hardwired, especially if you are someone who is a high achiever, we're kind of hardwired to put a coat of armor around us. And so I made a conscious decision, you know, that I wasn't going to do that because that was sort of, that's the natural place that you go to. So I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. I think another personality trait that I have is I'm not afraid to experiment. And so in a way, I kind of treated like an experiment. I said, you know, something's telling me that everybody does this and it's actually... Um, counterintuitive because I think that people relate to you just kind of just like you did people relate when you open up and um, I think there is a way to do it that is not off-putting you know sometimes if you open up too much or if you do it in a way that is like you're in despair or super negative that can be too much for people but there's sort of this sweet spot in the middle where I think people will give you the permission to open up and they want to see your humanity. And I was like, I'm gonna, I am I just made a decision. I'm like, that feels uncomfortable, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I just lost my job. I had all this other crazy drama happening in my life. Um, and I just, I just made a decision that I was going to do the opposite of what I see a lot of people do. And I was just going to go with how that went. And you're not the first person that has responded i've had a number of people reach out to me with similar reactions or like oh that was so refreshing or i went through this and you know it it's 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 amazing when you open yourself up people come out of the woodwork and they and and i've i've had a number of just even just like either old relationships that were reinforced or even new connections that were made i think as a result of doing that and that wasn't my intention but it's something that does happen yeah, there's something so powerful about, like I said, just you knowing that, that, that learning that this was your story then, there was this connection I had. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can relate to that. And I've seen that so many times in my own life. Like when people like yourself open up about something and share that story, all of a sudden there's this ability to connect in a way that there wasn't before. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that others resonated too. Cause yes, for sure. Even though you, like you said, you didn't intentionally that wasn't the reason for doing this, but I'm sure you opened up all these doors now of just connection that, you know, hopefully benefit you, but are definitely benefiting those reading and, you know, paying attention. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't have any regrets about it. I, I think I was, I think I did it in a way that was honest and probably within that zone, whatever that zone is. Um, and I 
did it in a way that felt true to myself and I felt like my motivation was right in the sense of you know just the act of getting words out you know like you would say on paper but it, it's now a screen but but getting them out is is really therapeutic because this is like psychology 101 because if you don't get it out it just stays in and when things stay in that's when you have you have problems so in, a, in you know in a way for me it was a combination of like it was cathartic um and it it um honestly that's probably probably number one thing like i said i think when i'm motivated to write it's me writing for myself and i and i just somewhere along the line i guess like 12 years ago now I just became comfortable with writing that with some public visibility. Speaking of 12 years ago, I mean, you've been, you were at Edelman for a very long time. And yeah, 10, 10 years. Yeah, Almost 11, actually, 10 and a half. Yeah, wow. Well, congrats on that. I mean, but that that's a long time. I imagine there was a good portion of yourself and your identity wrapped up in the work you did there and the people. I mean, you probably, you know, had relationships and such being at a place that long. Did that make it harder when that unfortunate time came that you were now transitioning out? I mean, to open up? Like, I feel you, you talked before about, you know, we both said there's people that a lot of people will project everything's fine. I feel like in the position you were in of like being, you know, a longtime employee and being successful and having so much wrapped up in that, I imagine it must have been even harder to be like, I'm going to be straight up with the, with everyone about this sure it, it, it it's it's well okay i i will say this it, the thing that didn't make it that difficult i and this is what's what's unique and this is probably why many other people struggle with it in my case um i could talk about it to, to some extent f- freely because it was in the public domain that you know, we had layoffs and i got caught up in that so i was like well you know, I think people will understand that. So in fairness, that made it easier. I, I think that, um, you know, if you lose your job and it's COVID related, it it does make it a little easier. But to your point of like identity, that part's tough. You know, when you um, spend a good amount of time somewhere and it's not, it's really not of your choice. Like you're not taking, like intentionally taking yourself out and then doing, starting something else. Yeah, that's tough. It's 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 a shock to the system. And the things about shocks to the system is that they're a double-edged sword. You know, there is all the ambiguity and the things that you have to work through and the identity and the transition, but also there is, you know, it forces you to figure things out, right? Like you don't have to have a safety net when you have to make that transition and, and good things can come of that. So that's kind of where I am. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a interim role right now. It's a contract position. I'm keeping open mind about a number of, of, of things. Um, and you know, you sort of take, take it one day at a time and you, you figure it out, you know, like I basically had that safety net r- removed. It, it was, it, I won't, you know, I'm not the first, I won't be the last. And I do try, um, to look at the bigger picture of while it's not easy, um, there's going to be a payoff here, right? Because again, like when you're confronted with a shock to the system, you it actually can be a positive thing. 
You had mentioned that you hadn't taken a break. Like you often, when you were working, would go, you know, job. I mean, you were at them for a long time, but before that, you know, a job before that, job before that, that you yep. had never really paused. And then, you know, all of a sudden in 2020, then you said for at least five months there, you had like this, this break or this pause. Did that, how did that feel for you? Cause it, I guess the impression I get is that you were, you were someone that enjoyed maybe not taking a break or not having a pause too frequently. Like you were comfortable continuing with momentum. And then all of a sudden you were kind of forced to take a break and a pause and you sort of, le- again, leaned into that. But did that feel un- like, did the act of taking a pause feel uncomfortable? Mm, it came at a really good time for me. And actually, and this is one of the things that I, I, I feel like as I progress in life, I'll look back and I'll be like, I'm glad I had that time. Uh, so I had the summer. And the nice thing about that was um, I was able to actually, actually take a month. And I drove out to New York and I drove with my son. And we spent a full month in New York. And it was just, it was great to be with my immediate family and see, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in that both my parents are still around and they're in their 80s. And, and luckily, they're still pretty healthy. And so um, the main thing about that, though, was that my, my son was going through a really tough time. So he um, has some, he's working through some stuff with his mom, and he was going through a really tough time. And he just needed to be around. He loves my family. He's really close to them. And, and he just needed that time to work through it. And he took the entire month. Like one day, he would be, you know, he would be like, in an amazing mood and the next day he'd be working through stuff it was like a roller coaster and so when i look at that when i look back at that and he even feels the same way i'm like wow i'm so glad that i could be in that environment and in my own way be working through things and then he could be in that environment and he still talks about it to this day he's like i I, he was like that trip was great um I took him on um, mountain bike trails, which is something I did when I, was, I, I grew up in the area. And there's these trails that were like not even 10 minutes from the house I grew up in. And so that's something I did again. We packed our bikes and then we did it together. And that was really meaningful to like share something that I did in my youth that I don't really do that much now and expose him to it. So it, it really came at a great time. And actually, it was shorter than I thought because um, I feel like it might have been early October I had started um, not what I'm doing now but just like a one-off contract um, project and so honestly it was mostly the the summer that I had off essentially so it felt like the right amount of time and it, and it felt like it was more importantly the right time like it came at the right time so I'm I look back at it actually being grateful that I had that time um, to sort of regroup and do things like that with him and and then, I mean, let's let's factor in the pandemic too. Like we're in the dead of winter now. I just am, you know, recovering from COVID. I'm like at, at the tail end of it. And so when I think about that, the past summer, it's like it feels like a completely different world. Like we had this like kind of a break before everything ran, ramped up again and everything shut down again for COVID. So I reflect on that on this past summer and with a grateful spirit. What a beautiful gift for you and your son to have that yeah. trip that, you know, I think sometimes about the silver linings of 2020, there are so many terrible things that year, but I, I, the more people I talked to, there were these unexpected gifts that often popped up and mm-hmm. it sounds like this trip was one for you and your son. Definitely. 
it was it was it was a big one like serious bonding and it was good to be there for him but even more importantly like have that family support because he just he just loved it and and he made a lot of progress like he came back in such a better state of mind than he was in when he left oh that's great you mentioned your parents what what kind of inspiration have you, your parents been in your life are they like kind of, I, I find a lot of times our parents are, they either like influence us really well positively and they're like big role models and we we kind of want to be like them. Or sometimes it's the other end of the scale where they kind of teach us what we want to change about our lives. I'm, I'm curious where they stand in terms of inspiration for you. Wow, that is a, that's a good question. I, I think for me, it's, you know, answers like this sometimes seem like a cop-out, but I think it's true. I think the answer I'm going to give you is the truth. It's, it's for my parents, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Like when I, it's definitely mostly positive, but when I look at them, like I, um, so, so they're immigrants from Italy. So my upbringing was a little bit more unique or not sort of typical in that way. And anyone who has immigrant parents will will relate to many of the things. There's just a certain, um, one of the things is like the work ethic that comes with it. Like that was instilled with me. Uh, or instilled in me from them, you know, just a very, um, you know, um, a very robust work ethic. Um, and and on the inspiration front, seeing that they came to this country with nothing, I mean, really, honestly, like really nothing, and they built a comfortable, essentially middle-class life, you know, with a couple of cars and a a, a decent house and we lived in a nice neighborhood, so that's very inspiring to me. Um, I think on the other front, I can't say that their marriage has been like a model marriage. It's it, it's sort of one that is um, it's not what I would want out of a relationship, you know. But and they've stuck it out and they stuck together, but it's it's not what I would sort of define as like the model relationship. And um, from my perspective, that's. That's the part where I look at and I go, well, that's not, that's the thing I don't want. And actually that had, that had a lot to do with my, I was the one that essentially initiated the divorce and it was extremely difficult and definitely the hardest decision of my life. But I think when I look to my parents, I think it, it, it influenced that decision because I didn't, I didn't want to just sort of coexist or you know, sort of have have a relationship that where you stuck it out, you know, which is, yeah. which is sort of where I think some people in my parents' generation or good percentage have done. So I knew I didn't want that. So I, I would say it was a mixed bag of a number of different things. And honestly, even on that, even on the front of like what you don't want, um, that's helpful in life, right? Because it does help sort of guide you. You go, you can say, you can point and say, well, I don't want that to be my life. And that's actually a positive thing. It's even more eerie now how, how more of your story is similar to mine. Cause I feel the same way about my parents. I do feel like it affected my marriage too. More so in like, I think one of the things I learned, especially more so after, you know, picking, taking up therapy after that life event is that like we learn so much of relationship and communication and all that from our parents, you know, and from those people that raise us. And so, you know, to your, you know, what you said earlier, or you said in your post about, um, you know, you, you were too young to understand how life truly works and, you know, you were kind of young and naive. 
I feel like it was the same for me. Like I, you know, that, that, that relationship my parents have is, is all I knew. And, you know, upon reflection, maybe that's not the yeah. model of relationship that actually I want to pursue. Um, so I totally get that. That's really, I'm glad you shared that because that's so well, now interesting. Now that I am a parent of two boys, my younger is 18 and my older is 20. I'm it, like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like you get, you're confronted with yourself because you, those are ages that you just remember no matter how old you get like you will always remember i think especially those late teen years and those sort of early formative years and now it's like i see these walking versions and i'm like wow i i remember when i was those ages and i remember how i thought and i see it being played out in front of me and it's just it's a moment in time there's nothing you could do about it i mean biologically your your brain is still forming i think if i were to go off science, I think it's 26 is when your brain is fully formed. So I got I got married two years before my brain was fully formed. And I'm like, well, of course. See, science always has an explanation. <laughs> That's mind-blowing. I got married yeah, at 24, 26. too. So, so I'm all, I was also two years prior to, wow. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's like, well, no wonder. Like, there's, you know, couple that with, like, you know, depending on how much life experience, you know, we each had at that time. Like, there's so much... That there wasn't, it wasn't fully formed yet. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. This science often, not always, but science often <laughs> helps provide an explanation, or at least part of it. I'm curious, like for you, you know, I, I think about this having children, like uh, children often, uh, ever since having my children, like they, they reshape my perspective on so many things and they kind of become this guiding light for how I want to, you know, who I want to be and how I want to be. Um, but I'm curious, like for you, what is like your North star and how you kind of spend your time in this life on this planet? Like, is there anything that guides you or anybody? Um, definitely a sense of family for sure. Um, and, and my, the relationships that are most closest to me, including my fiance, that's a big guiding force. It's just very important to me. So I try to do things that are, um, that are that are family oriented that have that will like benefit the family um faith for sure although i feel like that is an area that like is very much work in progress like i just feel like there's so much more for me to do there but i definitely have a have sort of a like you know a personal relationship with with you know with my maker but 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 i also feel like that there's more to be done there and I, I don't know. I mean, everybody, I operate off a sense of morality and it's hard to break down like how your, how like your morality is shaped, right? Because it's shaped by partially your experience growing up. It's shaped by things like faith. It's shaped by just, you know, uh, the code that you want to live with. And I, I feel like, I don't know how I would describe the code. And by the way, I feel like it's changed over time. Like I sure. have made mistakes and bad decisions where I look back and I'm like, that was not the most, like that is not where I am morally today as I've matured. And, and as, and also as I've ended up in a better place, um, in a lot of ways. So I, I don't know how you describe that. Like I do have a moral code and I, I don't know if I could break it down for you, but that's, that's a North star for me as well. And I think it's informed by a number of those things, family, friends, faith, relationships, the sort of impact I want to make on the world. Um, I can tell you that 
I kind of, it's interesting, you know, we live in a day and age where we think about like the big issues in the world and we think about um, inequity and we think about the environment and we think about like the big problems and the big systemic things in the world that need to change. And I find myself acknowledging that those things are big problems and viewing them as very important and viewing the truths in them. But I also feel like um, you have to live your life also for sort of like your immediate sphere. Like I have two boys and my goal is that they, they grow up and um, with a sense of morality, with something that they can offer the world where they can be productive citizens and they're not going to make the wrong choices. And I'll tell you, like, there's something to be said for that because my older son, he's actually really been turning it around, but he, he went through a couple of years of really bad decision-making. And as a parent, especially like in a situation with divorce, when you have older kids, one thing I've learned is that, um, your 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 children especially as they get older they're kind of hardwired a certain way like i've actually come to the realization that some decisions were always going to be made and some things were always going to happen regardless of my role in it hmm. even if you know i created a situation where now you had parents that weren't together and they were two in two separate you know areas um and i made peace with that because i i really i really believe that it is the truth but in, in the same breath, as a parent, there's a, there is a role that you have to play, um, and you have to be there. Like if your child really does sort of go off the rails in a couple of areas, you gotta help. You gotta be there when they're finding their way back. Like they have to make that decision when they're an adult or when they're and they're like they're you know they're more sort of like approaching adult years. Um, but you have to constantly be there for them, um, and and you have to be sort of a coach and a guide. So. Um, while, while I'm very conscious and aware and I think about the big things in the world, I also am very motivated to influence my smaller world because I think that influence is really important, especially when you bring others into the world because, because you play a big role in how they turn out. You're not the only, you're not the only role for sure, but you, you play a role in that. Yeah, that's so true. I think about that a lot. Like the impact you know, I have on my children. And I, the hardwire part is interesting to me because mine are um, 10 and 6 going on 11 and 7. And I can already start to, mm -hmm. you, you can, I mean, the personalities, you can, from a young age, you can see personalities start to form. Absolutely. Then, you know, this, what you just said about them, you know, maybe parts of it are hardwired. I could see that. Like they're, they are who they are. Like, and they're going to be, a piece yep. of that's going to always that piece of that thread's going to keep running no matter what I do. And and you can get educated like when I was going through stuff with my older son and I was doing research on it. It's it's to your point about what you see in your kids. I was like, "Huh. Impulsivity." And he, you know, my older son was impulsive from day one, right? Like and so what happens is as you grow up, that can become an issue and that can definitely take on, you know, that can create negative scenarios and bad choice you know, or bad decision making. And so it, it, it helps to get educated like on certain things because it helps you connect the dots. Yeah. I like that. I might have to, 
you, you got more experience here than me, so I, I'm looking to what you, what you experienced for what I got ahead of me. <laughs> well, enjoy, enjoy. Those are great years, so enjoy them. It definitely, um, you know, you play a different role when your kids get older. Like it's it's interesting, and I think actually some parents have a hard time making the transition. Like when my boys were young, it was. I, I live to take him out on the weekends and just do whatever, take him to movies and have fun with them and spend time with them. And so they were like my buddies. And then um, as they get older, it, it, it changes. Like your role as a parent changes. You have to, you have to like find that balance of how hands-off you have to be versus how much you can help the guide without actually doing things for them like really you I, I think coach is actually a really good metaphor when they're older like you have to you, you have to sort of um transition into a role where you give input and you work with them but ultimately like they have to sort of figure things out themselves i like that metaphor yeah coach i, I could see that being very applicable i already noticed that and it's all the small things too but like i think like maybe maybe they should be doing more of this like like my daughter you know I was always picking out stuff for her and I'm like, you know, why don't you, let's together, let's pick out what you want to wear this morning. Like, what do you want to wear? And of course she jumps on it, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I probably should have done this even sooner. Like you gotta, that transition no, into great. when it's you're It's great more, that you're already starting it at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I think you, you had mentioned um, when I mentioned about the North star, you were talking about family and faith um, and part of the family, you mentioned your fiance. Um, I feel like I read in one of your posts that 2020, you might have been one of the casualties of the wedding plans where you had to cancel. Oh, totally. We were, we were going to get oh, married no. in October and we scrapped everything. And oh, no. we're just like, you know what? There's no rush and the world's a different place and we'll figure it out later. Totally. Was that, I mean, that must have been, I mean, so October. So I'm guessing you probably canceled it pretty early on when the pandemic began. Yeah, we wait. We did wait. We, we gave it a couple of months, and and I want to say it was probably like spring. By the time we canceled it, um, or like late spring, when it just kind of became clear that this, it, it, you know, everything was changing, and um, we're we're at peace with it. I think um, it all happens when it happens, and we're. One nice thing to come out of is I think we're going to probably do something smaller and more intimate and really focus on Not that we were going to do anything big. It was never that. Yeah. But I think we have even more of a thought to, like, really keep it, you know, um, limited and and just really for us and a, and a few others. And so I think we're we're rethinking all of our priorities. And the pandemic has played a role in that and the you know, the career transition has played a role in that, but like a number of factors. Yeah. I, I was thinking like, just, you know, you, you know, that next stage of your life, like finding love again and, and wanting to like take the next step. And then 2020 walks in and says, you know, maybe, maybe you got to do it differently. Like, um, you strike me as someone that rolls with it and adapts and is, you know, can go with the flow. But I imagine even for you, that must've just been like, uh, you know, Really? Like, do I need to deal with this right now? Like, I'm ready for this next chapter. This 2020 for us, and I mean, right up until 2021, like, I'm not going to go into the details. I did mention my younger son a little bit, but there is a whole, there is a, um, well, I, I can go into a little bit of it. Like, one, one, we have, we've had some, we've had nothing but transitions. So, so, um, the, <laughs> The year started with like right, I think right around right almost immediately after the trend, the um, um, pandemic started. My older son 
was having issues living with his mom. And so I actually just basically, his mom actually wanted him to live with me. And um, I, di I didn't have the space. I'm living in like a two-bedroom two condo in a high-rise. And so I set him up in, a, in an apartment. And so that was a big transition. So like getting him his own place. And he's like 15 minutes from me. And then um, even more disruptive, just as we got that figured out, the same thing happened with my younger son. And so I like yanked him out and the thing was I had like, he's a minor and so there was no place to put him and I had no room. So my fiance literally moved out to make room for him. Oh my gosh. My, fi my fiance. And then, so we made that transition happen. And in order to make that transition happen, we had to essentially rehab um, a place that she owns uh, in Logan square. And so part of my summer, was actually working on that project and I don't really know how to rehab. So it was like totally, <laughs> I mean, I was doing basically overseeing things and doing parts here and there it was out of my comfort zone. It was physical and it was painful. And she's like three flights upstairs. I mean, it was a nightmare, but that happened as well. The wedding, um, you know, and then finally, like things are just settling down with the pandemic in the backdrop and all of, all the, you know, all of the, protests going on across the country let's not forget all that like this is the backdrop of everything and then new year kicks off and literally on new year's day i don't you know have you heard of scott monty are you familiar with scott monty at all yeah he used to do social media for ford like yeah. a million years ago right right so he's a friend of mine and we're talking about maybe a podcast idea and i'm on a call kind of like this in the video call and i just start like i'm having a little tickle i'm starting a little coughing as we're talking and that day literally new year's day i'm thinking to myself okay what's going on i'm gonna see how i feel tomorrow and then the next day i woke up like not feeling good and i i kind of had a sense the next day i'm like okay i think i have covid and because i knew that i got exposed through my son who found out he got exposed but I, I got tested and i tested negative initially oh wow and i thought i was off the hook and then I, and then i and i researched it if you test and you're not showing symptoms the test is like 40 percent or 50 percent accurate it's like um, so that was the case for me. I was probably exposed. I was probably already infected, but because I wasn't showing symptoms, my initial test showed negative. So the first Sunday of 2021, I got tested a couple of days later. And by the time the, the result came back, I was already like, I'd lost my smell and taste. I'm like, I don't need, I don't need the results back at this <laughs> point. I know. And I was laid out and it was horrible. And then the pneumonia kicked in. I spent a day in the ER. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have like, there's a lot of horror stories. Like I actually joined a support group and I'm seeing the severe cases and how, I mean, there's so many complications. So in, in a way I'm like, yeah, I think I dodged a big bullet. Like I definitely went through an ordeal and I got really sick and I did get the pneumonia, but I actually feel like in the grand scheme of things, like, uh, you know, I pretty much just breeze through it in a way because so, like a lot of people are, deal with lingering issues and it seems like for me even though I'm not 100% the issues seem pretty minor and they seem like they're like going to gradually resolve oh that's good to hear that's one hell of a way to start off you know this brand new calendar yep. year a symbolic refresh yep totally oh that's a lot of transition in 2020. Like, I mean, you know, throughout your different relationships in your life, that's a lot of transition happening. I, the one thing I see there is like, I am, 
I imagine you come out of 2020 realizing like how strong as a person you are, like you made it through all this and you successfully are navigating all these situations. But as you were going through it, how did you get through, you know, from, it's almost like you're walking across the creek from stone to stone to stone. Like, what was it that you felt was able to keep you going and, and navigating through all those transitions? Because that's a lot. Yeah. Everyone's different. I, You know, Tim, I think people handle those situations differently. And you have to... You have to actually do a self, you have to like have self-awareness of how you handle stress and like even just those kind of situations and then custom tailor, you know, how you how you manage it based on how you handle it. So for me, I actually handle stress pretty well. Like I'm high energy and I don't really get rattled in the moment, but I have to be careful because stress does affect, it'll, it'll affect me physically. Like I'll be totally handling everything and then i'll be like oh i've got like pressure in my chest right like which is which is anxiety so it's it's that's the thing that like i have to be um for me like exercise will help manage that um walks i haven't really i I wish i could get into meditation because i know it's really good i tried it it just hasn't stuck with me um but i I'm more of a person who can handle it and I just have to be mindful of, you know, managing and like doing things. And actually, I think the writing, to be honest with you, is a part of it, like doing things that are going to sort of help manage the stuff that I like would sort of simmer right underneath. Like you would never you like you like it's it's, it's really easy to forget about it. Um, so, so for me, that's what I have to manage. It's not so much in the moment. It's more like as I'm handling all this stuff and doing a really good job handling it, it's like managing the stuff that could potentially be an issue down the road. And, and then also too, and essentially this is what PTSD is like, you have to be mindful of that too, because sometimes like when you're in a stressful situation, it hits you after the fact, right? When you like, cause essentially yeah. you're experiencing trauma. And then it doesn't really kick in until after, which is which is post trauma, right? And that's what that is. So you have to be you have to be mindful that you've gone through something. But I feel like I, I've developed a lot of, um, you know, like this year especially has been crazy. But I feel like I've I've got like good family support, good friend support, pretty much more or less like healthy coping mechanisms. It's, 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 it's not all like perfect, but I feel like I have a lot where to the point to where I, um, and faith as well, for sure. But to the point to where like I, every once in a while I think of like, wow, if someone didn't have half of these things, it would be not good. Yeah. It sounds like you feel like you're pretty well equipped for anything that life will throw at you. Yeah, and by the way, even with all that, it's still hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose that's an important disclaimer. <laughs> no matter what, it's probably hard. It's just what degree of hard. Yep. David, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Like this is easily one of my most favorite conversations. And oh, thanks. It's good to get to know you a little better too. Yeah, I hope that the rest of twenty twenty one is a little bit calmer for you. I feel like last year was tumultuous. And then this year, you know, you physically got thrown a virus and hopefully the rest of this year is a little bit more, I don't know, peaceful. 
I totally agree with that, and that's my hope as well. <laughs> Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.